What a night for the Eagles, man. This is... I mean, this is an absolute incredible haul that the Eagles were able to pull off tonight in the first round of the NFL draft. And all they did was they did make a trade. They actually made two trades, ironically. We're going to talk about the second in a little bit. They made a trade to go from 10 to 9. And when I say the name of the two players they got in this draft, and all they had to give up was an additional fourth round pick In next year's draft, in a draft, by the way, where they had 12 picks coming in, they're down to 10, but again, we're going to talk about that other trade in a little bit for next year. So they had to get rid of some of those picks because, you know what I mean, you're not going to draft 12 players. That's just foolish. They're not going to make the team. I mean, you want some ideally for next season to move up to get players as well, but the Eagles used two of them tonight, and let's just start it. At number nine overall, the Eagles get the best player in the draft, the number one overall player, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia. And we talked about Jalen Carter. I told everybody, you know what? My big concern was, hey, you know, the off the field stuff. You know, you heard the things about, was he practicing? Was he taking plays off in games? All this stuff. And yeah, that obviously is concerning because all I could think about was this. It was concerning to me because there was really no realistic situation or scenario where I, honest to God, thought the Eagles had any chance to pick him at 10. And they didn't get him at 10, by the way. They had to trade up. That was my fear. I'm like, what are we going to trade up to draft Jalen Carter? Because we just don't have anything in this draft to begin with. And we have not necessarily holes on this roster, but we have depth issues on this roster. So when the Eagles made the move, or when you saw that Jalen Carter, I'm sorry, was sliding in this draft. And and when he got to five, that's when I thought, okay, here's where they're going to make a big trade. And and you saw, by the way, the price essentially to move up in this, to make these trades. Like you saw what, for instance, uh, Arizona got from Houston when they went from 12 to three. Yeah, it's 10 to five isn't as much, maybe. But I mean, it's going to be a second round pick and a draft. I mean, you were going to be giving a high price to go up. And again, I get it. Carter is... If there was no off-the-field issues, by the way, Jalen Carter's not in this conversation. He's picked, by the way. The, the Texans pick him. Um, you know what I mean? The, the Seahawks 100% pick him. The, they're trading up to get him. This guy was the number one overall player. The reason he's a Philadelphia Eagle is because people took them off, or took him off their board and they were worried about his off-the-field. The one thing I will say about this, Jalen Carter spoke about how unbelievable it would be to play with his leader of the defense in 2021 again, Nicobe Dean, somebody he admires. And Nicobe Dean being here makes me so much more comfortable. But I mean, this is a grand slam. We're talking about the team that played in the Super Bowl, getting the best player from the collegiate level to come join the team the next season. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And it took, obviously, unfortunate circumstances for Carter to fall. But you know what? The Eagles felt comfortable, like I said, having Dean in the building, having Davis here, and now bringing Jalen Carter into the fold. I mean, really, look at our defensive line now. And by the way, we're going to talk a little bit more about defensive line in a second. But right now, your starters, you have Hassan Reddick, right? And again, I get it. He's a linebacker, but he's really a pass rusher. Um, 
Then you're going to have Fletcher Cox. You have Jordan Davis in the middle. You have Jalen Carter. And then you have Josh Sweat. I mean, that is loaded to the gills. And you know what's funny? They add on to that with the same school. With the guy I predicted they were going to pick at 10, they got him at number 30. They did not have to trade up for Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith from Georgia comes to the Eagles at 30. I mean, think about this. The 2021 Georgia Bulldogs were the greatest defensive uh, unit in college football history, in my opinion. They were, by miles, the best defense I've ever seen in college football. The Eagles have four, literally four starters from that defense on their team now. You know what I mean? Like you, you hear these things like, oh, you go get players from this. Like, you pick from the best. That's where the, the whole philosophy for the Eagles, by the way, has shifted in these last couple of years. The reason we've been hitting on drafts. Go back to 2021. They took two straight players from where? Alabama. Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson. Last year, right? You get two players from the Georgia defense. You get Jordan Davis and you get N'Kobe Dean. This year in the first round, you get Jalen Carter and you get Nolan Smith. Alabama, Georgia, Georgia. And you want to wonder why this team has all of a sudden gotten good fast, right? Oh, and that's right. In 2020, the quarterback you drafted was from Alabama and Oklahoma. So you know what I mean? You're, you're finding these blue chip players and you're picking these blue chip players that excelled at the highest level of college football. And guess what you're seeing? Oh, yeah, that's right. You're getting good from it. This is an unbelievable move. I mean, I can't believe they were able to pull these two guys off. I mean, Nolan Smith falling to 30 to me is wild. I get it. I understand his size. I understand that, you know, he had the torn peck. And I, I get it. People may be thinking, I don't know how much of a natural pass rusher he is. This guy is a football player, though. You know what I mean? For his size, you would think, oh, he'd struggle against He doesn't struggle against the run. He actually excels against the run. And you know what the Eagles now have the opportunity to do with a guy like Nolan Smith? They have the opportunity right now because right where is he going to play, right? Hassan Reddick, and that was my big argument. It's like, you have Hassan Reddick for two more years. Yeah, if Hassan Reddick gets hurt, you're, you're ideally you have a guy like Nolan Smith in the wings. That's great and all. But now, with Jalen Carter here, you have Nolan Smith. You get him at 30, 30, which is unbelievable value to get this type of player. Now, Sean Desai should be able to go ahead and think about ways to creatively get him on the field as an extra rusher. You know that joker? Remember we heard that joker position with Schwartz? Well, the joker right here is going to be Nolan Smith, in my opinion. I'd be using him in a Micah Parsons type role. I mean that. I think that would be beautiful to do. He could be a linebacker. Honestly, you could, again, I know you don't want him dropping into coverage, but I mean, really, you have him Dean out there. Like You could put him out there as a linebacker who walks to the line of scrimmage and finds a hole, and now, obviously, the pressure that you can put on opposing or offenses is just incredible. I know they don't like to blitz. I know that they're hell-bent against not blitzing, but my thing is this. You have now another weapon to rush the quarterback. That's five guys, by the way, already on the starting line, and I get it on a rushing or a passing down Davis will slide off. But, I mean, you put Smith in there and you rush five guys, you're going to block these guys all one-on-one? -on -one? Good luck. That's, I, I mean, defensive line is now no longer a concern. And, again, they don't have to worry about it for a while because, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you have youth now on your defensive line. You're young with Jalen Carter. You're young with Jordan Davis. You're young with Nolan Smith. You're young with Josh Sweat. You know, like, oh, well, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. 
you have them guys for next season. It's it's unbelievable. You have like the perfect mentors for guys that are young. You know, that's the one thing people forget. They think you want all youth, youth, youth. When you don't have any veterans in the room, it doesn't ever translate. And now they have these two guys here in Cox and Graham at the tackle position and at the end position to help mentor these young guys that are coming in to help set examples. And let me tell you this, it's frightening how damn good. By the way, the Eagles led the NFL in sacks last year from the defensive line. And what did we do in this draft? They added to it. They made a strength to strength. That was my argument to pick Jackson Smith and Jigba is he make a strength to strength. You know what I mean? And I can't complain that they didn't pick Jackson Smith and Jigba because you know what they did? They got the best defensive player in the entire NFL draft. And then, oh, that's right. They got a guy at 30 that they were literally, I'm telling you, they were in high consideration to pick at number 10 if the board didn't fall their way. How can you complain? How can anybody complain? Yeah, I'm. I, listen, I'm going to sit here and tell you this. The guy who went after him is somebody I really liked, Felix Anaduke Uzoma from Kansas State. He was somebody I was very high on. He's a more of a natural defensive end. So, yeah, I'd be lying to you if I said that guy to me was rated higher in my book than Nolan Smith. He was, but... They are set up on their defensive line. And if you're going to use Nolan Smith in creative ways, then to me, okay, now we're starting to talk about something here. And again, there really wasn't in the building anybody who could take Reddick's position if he gets dinged up. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, knock on wood here that, you know, he doesn't have to worry about that. But Nolan Smith definitely fills that position 100%. it's, It's a great day for the Eagles. I mean, we our defense, obviously, again, I was cool going offense-offense. I mean, I really was. I wanted to make—my whole argument was, you know, look at, look at all the guys we had on defense. In the most important game of the season, it meant squat. Like, you know what I mean? Kansas City ran the score up. And Dak on Christmas Eve ran the score up. They got 40 on us. And look who we had on defense. You know what I mean? You had Gardner-Johnson. You had Hargrave. You had all these guys, right? You had everything you wanted there. And, and I know you can use the field as an excuse in the Super Bowl. Fine. Whatever. You can't use the field as an excuse against uh, Dallas on Christmas Eve when you gave up 40. So my point was, get some offensive players and just say, screw it. If we're going to have to win shootouts, well, you're not going to win shootouts against us because we have the best talent on offense in the entire NFL. And trust me, they have elite talent on offense still. I mean, I'm sitting here scared out of my mind that if, you know, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith have to miss any time whatsoever what they're going to do at wide receiver because that has not been addressed. I'm sorry, Zacchaeus and Watkins do not make me feel comfortable about what we have. Now, the beautiful thing is in round two, we do pick at 62. And now in round three, instead of picking at 94, due to the Cardinals tampering, I guess, like this just came out today that they were tampering with Jonathan Geek Gannon, they get to essentially go from 94 to 66, and all they have to give up is a fifth-round pick to do so. And that settles the tampering thing. I guess the Cardinals talk to Gannon. You know the liar that he is? He's such a liar. By the way, I get, just imagine being somebody who actually liked him. The liar that he is. Oh, I he told Howie, I had no clue they wanted to talk to me. It wasn't until right after the Super Bowl. No, they called him after the NFC Championship game, and the GM spoke to them. And then, the, the, by the way, the Cardinals self-reported it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like the Eagles even reported it. The Cardinals self-reported it. So that liar, I, I, just, 
Gosh, he's such a loser. He's such a loser, Jonathan Gannon. It's it's such a glorious day that he's not going to be able to be here to have to coach these guys. They don't have to, have to sit there and look at this loser in the building and go, that's the guy calling our plays? No. And, and again, fingers crossed, I have no clue what Sean Desai is, but I just know straight up he's not a loser like Jonathan Gannon. It's almost impossible to be that level of a loser. But regardless, let's get off of him. This is a good day. Um, they now pick 66 and 62. And, you know, we're going to have to be looking here what we're going to be able to address with those two picks. My guess would be, again, I didn't think they were going to pick 10 and 30. I thought for sure. And again, they didn't pick 10 and 30. They went up to nine. But I mean, at 30, I thought for sure, especially when I saw what this board had. I saw Brian Branch. I saw, you know, Felix and Aduke Uzoma, who went right after him. But you know what I mean? You saw... B.J. Ojolari, you saw guys out there where you're like, okay, they could trade out. Joey Porter is on the board here. You know what I mean? Like, this is wild to me. If the Steelers don't pick him, by the way, to start next uh, round two, it's it's criminal. But, I mean, Will Levis was there. Hendon Hooker still on the board. The two quarterbacks. Like, you know what I mean? For two quarterbacks to be there, I thought, oh, man, so th- this is prime. Somebody's going to trade up, and you're going to be able to trade back and get some value. And again, the reason you would do it at this spot is because there's just a bunch of guys that you might potentially like and have all grouped together. Clearly, the Eagles didn't. They had Nolan Smith much higher. They had, Like I said, they were considering taking him at 10. You know what I mean? And for that, there, there, there was just no way they were going to trade out. So tomorrow, with 62 and 66, it's like, well, what do you do? I mean, they, they have no choice but to address their offensive line. And to me, it's like, I'm trying to get a wide receiver. I think those are the two positions tomorrow you have to target. We could sit there and talk about corner. You could sit there and talk about safety. I, again, maybe safety it could be there at 62 or 66. To me, I'm looking at a guy like Joe Tipman tomorrow. Joe Tipman from Wisconsin is the guy I'm looking at 100% tomorrow. He is the number one guy I'm looking at in terms of getting him. I know he's a center, but he is literally an athletic center who could absolutely 100% slide over to guard. In fact, he did play a little, like 12 snaps or something at guard. I, I know people would say, well, you were saying the same thing. Why you move Skaronsky to, to guard? Skaronsky was going to be the 10th pick. That's why. You don't pick somebody at 10 and move him to a new position. This is a second-round guy. You could take him, make him your guard. He could be your right guard going forward. Remember, they did the same thing with Dickerson. He was a center in college. I know he played all the positions, but his last year at Alabama, he played center. They moved him to left guard. Take Tipman, move him to right guard, and then you're good. And he's a big dude, and he's athletic. That is my dream scenario tomorrow is they get Joe Tipman. I mean, Osiris Torrance is out there. Steve Avila is out there. There's a bunch of guard prospects still on the board. Cody Mach, I mean, there is a bunch of guys that they're going to be able to target there. I think they're going to have to possibly move up. I, again, that's just how I feel. But, I mean, the one beautiful thing for the Eagles in this situation is this. There's a bunch of corners on the board. I don't think they're going to take a corner tomorrow now. But, I mean, if they had to, there's a bunch of talent still there. The tight ends did not have a run. Michael Meyer's still on the board here. I mean, so there's a bunch of players that you thought were really more than likely going to go in this first round. The two quarterbacks... That helps push guys down the board. You know what I mean? And here's another thing. Anybody who needs a, a, a defensive lineman, the Eagles are now out on that. They're not going to take any more defensive linemen. That's the, the one thing here. So you can rule that out. So we want to see defensive linemen go left and right because it's not anything that we're of uh, any concern of right now. This was an incredible haul. It really was. I mean, you, you can't be happier. You got the number one overall defensive player in the draft. And then you got a guy at 30 that you were more than likely going to take a 10 if the board just fell a certain way.
They addressed their defense line. I'm telling you tomorrow, they got to address the offense line clearly. That goes without without question. I mean, again, I, I, I would argue with you that it does annoy me because I wanted to fix our... I, again, I am not convinced about our offense. That's for sure. I am not comfortable with what we have on offense. I'm fine with running back. I know Bijan Robinson. I know we all wanted a little spoiler. We didn't even have a chance to get him. Like I told you, dumb teams do dumb things, and that dumb team in the league right now, it used to be the Bengals. It's now officially the Falcons. They are the stupidest organization going, and they took Bijan Robinson. So it wasn't even up for debate to take him. And then the Lions, who are just, you know, everybody's on their bandwagon, but they're absolutely clueless themselves. They took Jameer Gibbs, who people thought, okay, maybe you can get him then at 30. He went at 12. 12. So the whole running back thing now goes out the window. You know, hey, they have Rashad Penny. You have Kenny Gainwell. You have Boston Scott. And you have Trey Sermon. And again, if they, if they are worried about whatever there's there, Ezekiel Elliott's still a free agent. He listed the Eagles as a potential team. I'm not ruling that out either. Now Ezekiel Elliott coming to the Eagles looks more, more like it's definitely more of a possibility. I mean, you could potentially look at a guy like Zach Charbonnet in the second round for sure. 100% Charbonnet is going to be, I would think he possibly is there at 62. I'm not ruling that out either. But I think the next two picks have to be offense. One of which I think without any question or doubt has to be, has to be your, your offensive line. I mean, you got to try to get your right guard. That's my 62nd pick. And at 66, the dream scenario is they can move that down maybe get a pick in the 70s and then you get a pick at like 110 maybe one somewhere there in that range you know what i mean that that would be the ideal situation i don't know if it's plausible you would hope for it because again after 66 they don't pick again until 219 so again i get it you're not here to fill every need but i mean i just look at it and i go they so desperately need to get a wide receiver in this draft. I think you need to get a wide receiver and I think you need to get an offense lineman. And and again, you also needed a safety. So there's like three things you really, really wanted to try to get. You didn't desperately need a corner. You would have liked a corner. You didn't desperately need a linebacker. You would like the linebacker. You know what I mean? But you desperately need another wide receiver. I'm sorry, because like there is nothing behind your starters. Nothing. You have nothing there. And again, we saw 2021 when you had uh, literally like look at the drop from Jalen Rager. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you want that again? I mean, you would have liked possibly to pick some depth at tight end. The good thing for the Eagles is if, you know, their board gets like a guy like Jalen Hyatt's out there. I mean, I, I don't think he gets out of the 30s. But again, the trading up thing, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, go trade up. Okay. You know, but I mean, you're going to pillage your draft next year because if you're trading up from 62 to like somewhere in the 30s, it's it's definitely costing you a third rounder in 2023 or 2024. Uh, maybe a fifth, like you already traded a fifth. So, I mean, yeah, you still have some picks to play with from that draft. And how he, hey, he made that joke. Like I said, he's going to have two picks in the next draft after it. He had 12. Well, he's down to 10. So, uh, again, that's why I think 66 trading down. You get another pick there. I, but again, at the same time, this team has shown you that they don't really care about having picks from fourth through the seventh round. They 
threw a bunch of them away to get Jordan Davis last year. And again, I get it in a way. It's like at that point, from the fourth, maybe the fifth round down, you, you again, it's it's just throwing a dart and hoping something sticks. And to them, they're probably like, you know what? We have just as much success picking guys in those rounds as we do signing undrafted free agents. And if that's your philosophy, fine. I have no problem with that. But stick to it then. Don't be afraid then tomorrow. If you got to go up and get somebody, go up and get somebody. Like I said, Tipman and, and man, if they got like Jonathan Mingo or something like that, like that would be incredible. Because now a wide receiver, I'm not ideally you want somebody who could play in your slot. I get it. You don't need that though. You know what I mean? Like I want somebody who could I just rely on potentially in case you know something happens to Brown and Smith. Problem is you're not picking a backup in round two. You shouldn't. If you pick a guy like Jonathan Mingo, for instance, who has X receiver written all over him, the beautiful thing is this, though. Smith and Brown can easily slide inside as well. So Mingo, I, I if you felt comfortable that he could do it as well, because wasn't Sirianni's thing as well. We don't believe in X, Y, and Z at wide receiver. Everybody just plays wherever they're needed. Okay, cool. Then it's like, if that's what you feel, then do it. Tomorrow's going to be a very, very interesting day. This was incredible. I mean, I, I would have said to you, if you told me we're getting Carter and Smith and all we're giving up is a fourth rounder in next year's draft, I would have said, well, that's just an absolutely impossible dream. It just doesn't make any damn sense. I don't know what would have happened. I would have said a Nolan Smith character issue must have popped up or something like that. Right? Because it's the only way you think he fell down the draft, but the Eagles steal him. Steal him at 30. So to get Smith and the best player in the draft, this is its an incredible night. This was an incredible night for the Eagles. But again, it's far from over. We have some big holes on this team still in terms of depth, like I said. And it starts tomorrow. And again, we, we, we have an open spot at right guard. Trust me, they, they don't want Jurgens to do it. Yeah, there's some street free agents you can go out and sign. I get it. But I mean, when you're signing guys in May, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they got Bradbury in May because he got released in May. You know what I mean? Like, you're not getting somebody that you think can just jump right in. My belief is tomorrow, they should have an opportunity to pick a guy who could start a guard at 62, 100%. 100%. I'm not worried about that. Like, Brian Branch is still out there. There's so many guys in the second round that are still available. Guys that we, I, I had Brian Branch in my top five for guys at 10. He's still on the board. I knew the Eagles want to do it because they don't pick safeties ever, even though he's like a slot. But, you know, and again, if they're so worried about that too, you know what I mean? You could pick a corner like a Cam Smith or a Kelly Ringo or a Joey Porter, or whatever. I, I don't see how they fall down this far, but if they trade it up, let's just say, and you can move Maddox back to safety, like I've said all along, that has to still be in a, a possibility as well. This was an excellent day. The Eagles hit a grand slam. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to have a ton more on this draft. Like I said, this is just the start of it. We'll have more information about what happened today, tomorrow. But rejoice. Rejoice. Yeah, we didn't get Bijan. We didn't get Jackson Smith and Jigba. But we got the best overall defensive player in the draft. And then we got a guy that we were going to probably pick a 10 at 30. The defense line is set up big time. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles, go!